Hello, and welcome to the 200th episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm Bob Wheeler, your host, and I'm excited to bring you another episode of fun conversations about money and emotions. In celebration of our 200th episode, my team and I decided to go back in time to some fun financial moments where our guests and I got down to the nitty-gritty aspects of money. We discuss everything from creating abundance, money blocks, money stories, and venture to places in life where money has made us laugh or cry. So whether you're a seasoned listener or just discovering us for the first time, be sure to tune in each week for new episodes that will help you achieve success and abundance in all areas of your life. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and leave a review. And finally, thank you for joining us as we continue this journey and explore everything money and life have to offer. Without you, this show would not have been able to hit this huge milestone. Thank you. Now let's have some fun financial moments of money you should ask. Our first clip is from episode 187, Collaborative Creativity with Ben Giroux. I'm going to ask you fast five. We'll just have some fun here. What was your biggest epic fail financially and how did you handle it? Oh, epic fail financially. I probably invested a little too much into Dogecoin and should have gotten out... (laughs) Before Elon Musk went on SNL, how did I handle it? I hung on to it like grim death, and I'm hoping it goes back up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those are painful investments when we lose. Actually, yeah, this is a funny story. This is a long time ago. So when I was early on in college, I got swindled into signing up for some DVD service where I thought they were sending you free DVDs. And I came to find out that I had signed myself up for a subscription service that was auto-renewing and auto-paying. So I wound up spending like hundreds of dollars on DVDs I didn't want, nor did I select from some (laughs) sort of scammy DVD thing where it made it sound like you were getting free DVDs. So yeah, I had just a massive DVD collection of stuff that I spent way too much money on. (laughs) I found out way too late in the process. I think I had to actually switch the credit card because I couldn't figure out how to cancel this thing. It was probably a scam. Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah, if they didn't come back for you, they were probably like, we got enough from, thank <laughs> yeah, you, Ben. Exactly. Thank you for your money. It's been, yes. We appreciate doing business. I remember they sent me the DVD Walking Tall from The Rock. And I was like, I would not have bought this. This is not a good expense in my life. Our next clip is episode 174. I am not your ATM with Rachel Murphy. What was a memorable money moment in your childhood? Well, I, you know, I always used to like, I was a saver. I would hoard all the money and my brother would blow all of his and then he would come to me (laughs) (laughs) and try to work deals. Right. It's funny how like our personalities show up even at a young age, you know? Yeah. I had that saver thing, you know, even candy. I would, I had this little white purse and I would shove all my candy in it and he would eat all his and then he'd come, Hey, how about we split that? Yeah, sometimes the ones that are doing the work get punished or guilted into having to share their good yeah, habits. Yeah, that's hard when you're a saver that marries a spender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, Keith, we know, we know. He's, he's way better now. 
Again. It's way better. <laughs> Up next is episode 195, Crush Medical Debt with Dr. Virgie Brait Ellington. What's one thing you spend money on that would surprise people? Probably sushi. Ah. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on sushi. I knew I had a problem just right after the week after Thanksgiving. I didn't know I ordered from them so often. So this Japanese restaurant around the corner and this particular time I ordered and I didn't realize it was right after Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday and all that kind of stuff. The guy comes and he has, <laughs> before he hands me my bag of food, he hands me a big present wrapped and in it was a big giant bottle of sake. <laughs> and it was a present. He was saying, you know, Merry Christmas, essentially kind of thing. Happy holidays kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? That's a problem. I spend so much money with these folks. They're just like, you're our best customer. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> you paid for this gift. I, that's when I realized I had a problem. <laughs> that's right. You paid for this gift. <laughs> exactly. Coming up is author Alan Henry from episode 196, Seen, Heard, and Paid. What do you think your best friend would say you spend too much money on? Oh, <laughs> my best friend would tell me I spend way too much money on records. Okay. No, no, no. I take it back. Keyboards. Keyboard. <laughs> Ooh, I love keyboards. <laughs> the keyboard king. <laughs> I am. It's true. This next clip is from actress Kelly Hu, episode 150, Encouraging Unity and Equality. What's the most you'll spend uh, when eating out? Well... Sometimes, so I, I rarely, rarely eat out. Um, and oftentimes I have to pick up the bill, right, for, <laughs> for things. So just recently we were at a sushi place. Oh, this is fast. Oh, sorry. Um, we were at a sushi place and there were seven people and I had to pick up a bill, the bill for everyone and it was $1,300. Ah, and how did you feel when you saw the check? I had to smile. Because everybody was there and I had to offer because, you know, but but the good thing is that I have friends that are reciprocal, right? Right. So and we all sort of like do that for each other, but I don't eat out very often. Right. So it kind of makes up for it. Yeah. I think yeah. I would have smiled and cried inside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I looked at the bill and went, oh. <laughs> um, and I have to add it to <laughs> Right? I was like, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be paying paying for that for a little while. <laughs> wow. Is there anything you would spend money on without questioning the price? Food. <laughs> food. Good food. You know, yeah. and I mean, like, like, you know, like just, just I, like when I shop at like Costco, I barely ever look at like how much something costs because I assume it's Costco. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's going to be cheap. But yeah, yeah food, food. I think good food. Good food you cannot skimp on. There's yeah. three things you cannot skimp on, right? Uh -huh. There's 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 food, really good food yeah. you cannot skimp on because that's your health, right? Medical, yeah. you know, you cannot skimp. You cannot go cheap on your medical. You have to pay for good medical. And plastic surgery. You cannot <laughs> skimp on plastic surgery. <laughs> good to know. Yes. I, I should ask what was your last uh, plastic surgery procedure? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had Botox or anything for like the whole pandemic since before the pandemic. I'm saving my money. Yes. 
<laughs> I know. I figured I wasn't going to be on camera anyway. Why Why would I need Botox? Yeah, save it. For I know. Day for <laughs> um, have you ever lent a friend money and regretted it? A lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. You know, uh, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to say no yeah. because... You know, when, when your friends know that you're living well and they see, and then, you know, they're struggling, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to say no. And so I think there are certain friends which I know are going to pay me back. Yeah. And then there are friends where I just like, it's a donation. Right. You know, and you have to just go into that mindset. And you know it going in though, so it's not... You know it going in. Yeah. Sometimes the better thing to do is just say, well, I can't afford to give you $4,000 right now, yeah. but I can give you 500 and you can just have that. Right. You know, so that's kind of uh, like sometimes a way to be able to just settle that yeah. and not have bad feelings, give what you can afford to just give as a gift. Yeah. As opposed to loaning something that is going to make you kind of cringe and hope they pay back. Yeah. Yeah. Are you unconsciously comfortable in debt? Our guest from episode 180, Simone Melisis, was. And so you relate to people with debt because you had a lot of debt. How did you get into lots of debt? I had a good time, basically. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and I ignored bills. Like, you know what? Actually, that's a lie. I opened the bills and I'd put them in a little section and I would leave them there, but I wouldn't pay them. And no one ever knew that I was in debt because people would be like, you want to go, you know, to Melbourne shopping? I'd be like, yeah, want to do this. Yeah. I was like, of course, you know, and I was very good at getting loans from different banks or associations or anything like that. So I really, I don't know, somewhere in my insane mind, I thought I'm going to wake up and someone's going to come along and just wave their little wand and it's all going to go away and everything's going to be okay. Because I really did refuse to have a look at how much debt I was in for a few years. Yeah. And do you remember during that time, was it, I'm going to have a good time. I don't care what debt I have. Like, was there a storyline that you had in terms of, I can spend whatever I want? You know, Bob, I get I had the point of view that money will just keep showing up. And the funny thing is it did. Like I wasn't bad at creating money. I was just really good at spending it. You know, like (laughs) I was still making money and I was still creating money, but I would, I would spend more than that old saying. I would spend more than what I was actually making. So I never doubted that money wouldn't show up. And I was always, I don't know, very diversified in my choices. Like I didn't, I know some people go, I need to have this job that I know I'm getting a wage or a salary. So I feel safe. That was not me. I was like, I'll do that. 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 You know, and we'd be in a million different places. So money showed up. I just spent too much. Sean Tyler Foley is in this next clip. Episode 156, the power to speak naked. Does your wife have a quote, bad financial habit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys won't get the reference. Uh, Tim Hortons. It's uh, equivalent to Dunkin' Donuts. She, okay. uh, and what's worse is that this is the thing. It's such a slow bleed. It's $1.62 twice a day. Right. But here's the thing. My wife only drinks about a quarter to a third of the cup of coffee because then when it gets cold, she won't drink it. Uh, so she's bleeding through a dollar sixty-two, but only consuming maybe sixty cents of it. <laughs> and it drives me insane because even if we went with the K cups, because you can get the same branded K cups of the coffee, it would cost thirty cents a unit. And I do do that math. 
And I'm like, at least then we're only wasting, you know, uh, 20 cents as opposed to over a dollar. That's hilarious. I will drink the last cup, even if it's cold. If I've paid for it, I'm not wasting a drop. (laughs) (laughs) Half drink beverages are the the bait of my existence. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Next is Diana Miriam and why you need few money. Episode 123. What's the most expensive meal you ever paid for? Oh, I know. It was probably about, I think it was $250. And it was this, or like $300, something ridiculous like that. And it was this guy that I was kind of seeing. And he invited me to go spend a weekend with him in Colorado. He got booted from his startup and he like moved to Colorado. And I think he moved to Denver and I, and he wanted me to go like climb a 14 or with him. Yeah. So when I found out about his money situation, I was like, Oh Jesus, like I'll pay for dinner. And then he proceeds to pick the most expensive restaurant in Denver. <laughs> and I like, I'm like looking at the menu, like, all right, buddy, shoot your shot, I guess. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I would never normally, but I was in a situation where someone took advantage. They yeah. Took her- <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. have the budget on the, on the, on the Jesus. meal purchase. <laughs> I, I, I relate. Uh, uh, last impulse buy. Mm. What was my last impulse buy? Um, oh, laser hair removal. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I am very Italian. Like, it's worth every dollar. (laughs) Uh, That is so funny. Uh, This next clip was taken from episode 168 with Dr. John Demartini. Be a master of destiny. Life is more than money, but money is in all aspects of our life. And I'm wondering, what's the balance and why do we need money? You know, we're following our passion. We're bringing things to the world. And yet, money is an undercurrent in a lot of this. You know, money is such a beautiful thing. I wrote a book called How to Make One Hell of a Profit, Stuck It to Heaven many years ago. And uh, (laughs) what's interesting is sometimes as a human being, we puff ourselves up, inflate ourselves, aggrandize ourselves, go into pride, and exaggerate ourselves to other people, look down on them. And that's not our real self. That's a persona, a mask, a facade. That's an exaggeration of who we are as really a compensation for deep inside feeling the opposite. And sometimes we minimize ourselves and deflate ourselves and shame ourselves. And we, you know, beat ourselves up because we're comparing ourselves to somebody we put on a pedestal or something. And that's not ourself. And anytime we exaggerate ourselves and look down on people or anytime we minimize ourselves and look up to people, we're not being our authentic self. And when we exaggerate ourselves, we tend to wake up our narcissistic trying to get something for nothing. When we minimize ourselves, we tend to go into altruistic trying to give something for nothing. And neither one of those are sustainable. Because if you try to give or get something for nothing, you or they eventually burn out and it's not fulfilling to them. Nature is trying to get us. And all social transactions are trying to get us into a state of authenticity where our heart is open and we love people and see them as equals. And the moment we do, we have sustainable fair exchange and money is a measurement of our sustainable fair exchange and our authenticity. And so by using money as a measuring system to help us realize that if we care enough about humanity and have a equitable relationship with them, we will do something that serves them and we will be rewarded. And then we can measure that reward by the 
dedication of filling the needs of other people. There's never a lack of money to people who care about humanity. And the second we do, we are rewarded from that. I've learned how important it is to just make sure we don't put people on pedestals or pits, put them in our hearts and care enough about them to find out what their needs are and find a way of directly or indirectly serving them. When you do, you're rewarded. That's the key. I've traveled in many, many countries and asked people, how many of you have ever used Microsoft Windows? Every hand goes up around the world. Millions I've asked that to. The reason why he's a billionaire is because he's figured out something that everybody's benefited by. We can do the same if we care about people. Ask, what is the biggest need? If we don't fill our day with challenges that inspire us, it fills up with challenges that don't. Right. So we want to go and find challenges that the world is facing and find out what it is we can contribute to directly or indirectly with our talents or we can broker other talents and find a way of serving people. When we focus on that, we're not focusing on our problems. We're focusing on the world's solutions and we're rewarded to in correspondence. Did you get the memo? This clip was from my chat with Yemi Penn, episode 178. What was the worst gift you ever received and didn't have the heart to tell someone? <laughs> Why you got to do this to me, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> we got to have a little laugh. <laughs> oh, an auntie got us these bags from America. I think she's always what teenagers wanted. And um, it was pretty awful. It was awful, so awful that we lost our manners and forgot to say thank you. And so when she called back to say, you guys don't have any banners, we just then had to lie. And I never lying, but I did lie that day. I did not like it. They were the most amazing bags ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Thanks my God. memories. And this one, episode 128, Chloe Elise, Deeper Than Money. What's the worst gift you ever received? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I probably have a lot. Um, one time a uh, boyfriend of mine when I was younger gave me a used gift card that he didn't want anymore for my birthday. <laughs> Did it at least have all the money on it or? Yeah, it was, it was, it was like $32.16 on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap. Our next clip was taken from my conversation with Alex Sanfilippo, episode 165. It all begins with a purpose. What's the most cringeworthy or embarrassing thing you spent money on in the last year? My wife and I decided to try to be like a little bit more, I guess, healthy. Like plastic isn't that good for you, but silicone isn't as bad. So we decided to replace our Ziploc bags we're always buying with these. It's like a silicone alternative for it. And she bought like this huge pack of them because she's like, oh, we'll use it all the time. You can't clean these things. (laughs) And I'm telling you, once you put something like zucchini or squash in it, they are disgusting and there's nothing you can do to clean it out. And sure, we probably spent like 80 bucks on the whole side of these things. But at this point, we've actually thrown away every single one of them because <laughs> you just can't replace a Ziploc bag. I'm sorry, but that was a terrible investment. Cool idea, but disgusting. This clip was from episode 161, Till Debt to Us Part with Chris Melcher. When was the last time you felt guilty about spending money and what did you spend it on? So I bought a mountain bike like $10,000 mountain bike, an electronic mountain e-bike. And I know my wife's constantly, that's the only thing guilty about it is that she knows how much it costs because now she (laughs) wants something of equal value. But I, man, I got so much use and enjoyment out of that thing. Our next clip was taken from FinCon 2021 in Austin, Texas. I had the pleasure of interviewing Stacking Benjamins host, Joe Saul Seahy. Episode 154, Stacked Benjamins. What's one thing you wish you could undo a financial decision this last year that you made? 
I I thought that COVID was going to end sooner than it was <laughs> that it did. Yep. So I Airbnb for a while. We were nomads, and we okay. just actually bought a house again in Texarkana, Texas. Um, but during the time during that time, I thought we could live in Bali for a month. So I so I I Airbnb this place in Bali, oh, uh. and 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 they closed Bali to everybody. But Airbnb and the host wouldn't give me all my money back. Ouch. Airbnb gave me a partial credit, but oh. I ended up being out about eight hundred dollars because i was optimistic uh yes don't be optimistic don't people. be optimistic it's terrible be a pessimist <laughs> bad things will happen so if i could undo that one yeah. that would save me almost a grand yeah I eight, eight benjamins right there and this one is from episode 160 opportunity didn't knock build a door roxy sheep would you consider yourself a spender or a saver spender <laughs> <laughs> even though you won't buy the new car I did buy the new car. It's a convertible. <laughs> oh, great. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. How would you say working in a creative industry impacts your relationship with money? It's really difficult. I have a fluctuating relationship with money, but I'm learning to nurture it a little bit more as I get older. Yeah. What's your financial superpower? Oh, uh, shit. This is a really hard one. Do I have a financial superpower? I always know when a great deal is. I'm really good at bargaining for deals. Awesome. I could get really good deals. That's it. That's good. Okay, great. Okay, good. Good, good, good. That's good. good. That's a good superpower. Okay. If you were given an unlimited budget on your next film, what's the first thing you would splurge on? My fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's not a helicopter, huh? It's not a helicopter. No, my fee. <laughs> your fee. Roxy. <laughs> and sometimes it is rocket science with Dr. Renee Horton, episode 157. What's the craziest thing you've done in the name of love? <laughs> What's the craziest thing I've done in the name of love? Now, up until the other day, no, I'm joking. Um, I was mad crazy about this guy. And I just knew I was in love with him, right? And he turned out to be a jerk. But uh, I wrote his name on the space hardware that went into space. <laughs> and that was a bad idea because you know the relationship burned up right about the same time that that piece of hardware burned up coming back into the atmosphere. So, so it's fortuitous. Thing, yep. Oh my god, that is funny. Not many people can say they've done that. No, um, very few. <laughs> or how about making money fun and flirty, like Nicole Icavoni does? Episode one fifty seven. If you had to give up either money or love. Which would it be? Why? Oh, you didn't have to go in there. <laughs> I feel like they're so deeply intertwined, Bob. They are. Because I seriously, I feel like I have a love affair with my money. I have a money date every week for at least an hour where I sit down. I see what my money's been up to for that week and where it's going. And we like dream of the future together. So I don't feel like you can tear them apart. But I'll tell you what. I have a great husband. We adore each other. We've been married for 12 years and we have loved each other when we've been so dirt poor wondering how we were going to get like Taco Bell. And we have loved each other just as much when we have extra money in the bank account. We're like, what do we do with all this money? So I guess if I had to choose, I would pick love. So cheesy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure your husband appreciates that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some days he's probably like, I want the money. Get out of here. <laughs> In the four plus years of recording Money You Should Ask, we have had so many amazing guests with incredible money stories. 
Unfortunately, we can't fit them all into this episode, but I had to slip in this final clip from producer and director Paul Bunch, episode 43. Is it, um, is it important to drive a nice car? And if so, why? Okay, there's a story behind. Like, so because I came from so, such humble beginnings, I used to have this rule <laughs> that I wouldn't spend more than $10,000 on a vehicle. Mm -hmm. All right. Up until about 10 years ago, I had that rule. Until I had, you know, I made the, my first feature film that I produced, you know, and there's, you know, Bradley Cooper. Woohoo. Everyone, I was very excited about that. Right. Yeah. Dax Shepard. It was Dax Shepard's film. You know, I just helped produce it. Um, but, you know, for me, it was a big deal because it meant uh, I was going to be able to play with some additional people in the future. So there's this big screening. All right. And at that time, <laughs> are you ready for this? I'm, re I'm already imagining. You, you probably remember we, back in the day when we were doing Winston's Rangers, I had this old beat up Mitsubishi and I didn't, I never washed it. I, I all I did was put gas in this thing and I treated it like shit, right? Excuse me. Yeah, you can so, say shit. Okay, great. It's okay. <laughs> and so we, here comes this, here comes this, uh, this, this movie screening and I was, m my wife said, look, we're going, we're getting dressed up. You have to go rent a car. I'm not getting in that car. <laughs> so wait, that's just the oh, beginning. No. Wow. So like smart woman. Yeah. I go okay. fine. I, I've got a busy day that day, but we're going in the evening. I'll go rent the car. We'll go. We'll be, it'll be great. So that day I'm out hustling around as I, and I get caught in traffic on the way home. It's a terrible nightmare. I'm two hours late. By the time I get home, I don't have time to go rent the car. And I, I get home and I'm like, I, we don't have time to go rent that car. I'm going to be late for the screening. Don't worry. Just get in the car. I'll park blocks away and we'll walk up. Right. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to kill you. Look, you didn't even wash it. There's a one, the window's broken. It's like yeah. one of the windows doesn't even go all the way up. It's a mess. This is me, right? She's like, I can't believe I'm in this dress getting in your filthy car. So... We get in, we're coming down and I'm going to like, I'm going to go, I'm right into the parking lot here. Right. And so there's this guy with the car, he's in the car and he's like waving traffic and he goes, can I see your thing? And I go, yeah, I'm a, and he goes, no, it's a VIP. Follow me. And I'm like, no, I want to go in there. And he tells the guy, yeah, open it up. <laughs> and I go, no, I'm going that way. And it goes right over there and people are honking and I'm like, oh God. So this, they're waving me. So I turn left and onto the street with it. And I'm, I'm now, there's the red carpet on the right. There's 200 press <laughs> and I'm getting scared. He's like, no, this is a producer right in front. Park his car right in front. And I'm like, no. So now, swear to God, we're pulling this all oh, the Lord. paparazzi. Here's on, walk on the red carpet. We're like this on the trip. <laughs> right here is Bradley Cooper, Dax Shepard, and my producing partner, Nate Tuck. And I'm in the car. My wife's like this. What have you done? And the broken window's like this. And we happen to stop in traffic right in line with Bradley. And they're taking Nate, for some reason, my, he turns around and he goes, hey, look, it's Bunch. And they, they look, they all three look at Alma and I, and, and we're in the beat up Mitsubishi. Abject humiliation. Oh, my God. So it, it was that event who later on, Nate said, Paul, please buy a what, car. Will you go get a vehicle that is becoming of a man who wants to be a big shot in Hollywood. So I went and got a BMW. There you go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but it cost me dearly. It, it did. Yeah. But do you wish you had had it before that event or are you glad you had the event? Look, in retrospect, I think that story is worth the humiliation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
I hope you enjoyed part one of our 200th episode. Tune in next week for part two, where we'll be highlighting some of the most important wealth wisdom moments that have helped shape our understanding and relationship with money so far. And if there's anything specific on your mind regarding wealth or finances, don't hesitate to visit themoneynerve.com. You can find lots of money mindset resources to uncover why you do what you do when it comes to money.